Animal Wise, the podcast where from playful to profound, we bring you animal wisdom for your world. It's where we want to bring you a fresh perspective on the meaning of life. I'm Lauren McCall. I'm the founder of the Lauren McCall Animal Communication Academy. I'm an animal communication instructor and a best-selling author. I've been talking to and working with animals from all over the world for about 20 years now. And I'm Bertha Eddington, a marketing professional and someone proud to call Lauren as friend, who <laughs> loves helping to get people's messages out. And I happen to think that particularly at this time, Lauren's message and pair interactions with the animals are critical to our world. So today, we're going to talk about what an octopus in Japan has to teach us about the value of social distancing. Hopefully, this gives us some insight for all of us on how to deal with our new normal. Animal, can, can you tell us a little bit, Lauren, about the animals and your communication with them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think that animals have a great deal of wisdom to share with humans as a species. And I think with people as individuals, I see their ideas and perspectives as potential pathways to help us navigate life in these really admittedly challenging times. So in this podcast, along the way, we will be talking about life's day-to-day -day questions from the animal's perspective, as well as what I would consider to be the deeper, bigger picture questions, which I still think have real practical application in our lives. So I want to talk about the octopus we mentioned because that's a fascinating story. But before we go there, I think it would be great, Lauren, if you could explain to us a little bit more about what animal communication actually is. Yeah, good question. So um, animal communication, and I know that to some of you this may sound a little woo-woo, but bear with me here. Animal communication is actually uh, telepathy. And um, what we do when we talk to an animal is kind of tune into them individually and have a telepathic conversation with them. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I need a better understanding what that means. I mean, do you actually... Is it like having a universal translator in science fiction where you, you automatically <laughs> understand each other? Or yeah, so, something out of Star Trek, you mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. What? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, actually, um, there's a lot of different ways that you can get information from animals. And, you know, really, I think people have had um, and have telepathic experiences pretty frequently. We just kind of... We chalk it up to coincidence, like uh, when you just know what somebody's going to say and they say it, or if you have not been in touch with someone for a long time, you, you're thinking about them and all of a sudden out of the blue, they, you know, they email you or text you or whatever, or maybe you can recall a time when you just knew what your animal was um, wanting. And, and that's something that goes beyond body language, right? So when we get information from animals, um, we can pick it up in different ways. We can get words or pictures, images. Um, we can get emotions, feelings, sensations. 
or what we call a knowing. And a knowing is what a lot of people get. Like I said, you just know what your animal wants. I mean, the information or the feeling just comes to you. You're not exactly sure where it came from. Yeah, I, I, I think we all experience that on some level when we, especially when we know if we're doing the right thing or we're doing the wrong thing. So yeah. what, but, but what, um, what do the animals that you tend, you communicate with tend to talk about? I mean, what kind of issues come up? Yeah, well, and you know, that's, that's such a good question. And, um, I, one of the things that I really want to share with people is the reality that, you know, animals are individuals. And of course, anybody who knows anything about animals or who shares their life with an animal knows that. And it's, you know, one, one poodle is not exactly like another poodle. So within species, within breeds, they're all different. They have different interests and different priorities. But, you know, we can talk about everything. We can talk about um, uh, things like, what do you want to eat for dinner? You know, do you want chicken or beef? Or um, where would you like to go for a walk today? Um, we can also talk about uh, common health issues. You know, how do you feel? Now, animals, they can't self-diagnose illnesses uh, any more than people can. For example, if I didn't feel well, I wouldn't be able to self-diagnose and say, oh, I, I have a pancreatic enzyme deficiency. <laughs> um, and, well, animals can't do that either, but we can get some good basic information from them, like, you know, where does it hurt, or are you nauseated, or, you know, th things like that. And yeah. also, we can talk about behavior stuff, and behavior issues, obviously, with our companion animals, animals we share our homes with, heck, they can be kind of a big deal, you know? Why do you bark at other dogs? Or why, why is your cat peeing outside the litter box? Or why, why are you afraid of children, right? So, you know, really a lot of everyday stuff. And then the bigger picture things too, you know? Uh, how do they so, feel yeah, about life? The, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, so the, the, it's not, I mean, what you've described is, is important to people, especially with uh with companion animals, because, oh my gosh, trying to figure out what they want and sharing our love with them. Of course, it's easy to figure out when they want a treat, which is like 100% of the time. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's not hard, but figuring out the rest is tough. But but are they thinking about, I mean, do, do they have other things to share? What are, what are they doing with their days and their lives and thinking about why are they here? Yeah, and I, I know that that'll surprise some people that animals um, are capable of very complex, shall we say, deep thoughts. Um, you know, they, they sit and wonder about life and the meaning of things. Not all of them, but a lot of them do, just like people do. And of course, let's be honest, Bertha, not... Not all people sit around thinking about the meaning of life. So, <laughs> you know, that's what I say. Animals are, um, they're individuals. So they think mm -hmm. about love, beauty, what makes them happy, um, the purpose of life, and, you know, relationship with their people. Uh, you know, how's that going? What does that mean to them? And, 
in future episodes, it would be fun to talk about how animals define their relationships with us. Are they, are we mom or dad or brother or friend or companion or some combination of all? You know, it just depends. Yeah, well, and that and, and how they define their relationships with the, with others in their own species and with other species too, I think. Um, yeah. might, would be very interesting to me and give us insight on, how we define ourselves within a larger world as well. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I, I think so too. Yeah, I agree. So, but we have a particular instance here with, with back to the octopus mm -hmm. and you had uh, a very interesting um, communication with, with he or she did, did you, was it a he or she or? I don't know. I'm not very good at sexing octopuses. So. <laughs> it didn't come know. up. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't discuss it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so let me, let me just set the scene just a little bit. And then I'm going to read part of um, what is one of my favorite um, communications of, of all time that, that I have done. Um, I teach very often in Asia, and I've been going to Japan for nearly 20 years to teach. And I had taken a group of advanced animal communication students to an aquarium in Tokyo so that they could talk to animals and we could run a class. And while they were off talking to marine animals, of course, I wanted to do the same thing. And I was walking around, and I walked by um, a fairly small exhibit tank. Um, and inside of this tank, it was pretty small. Um, there was a big octopus, uh, with nothing in the tank, um, for stimulation, but a rock. And mm. this animal, uh, yeah, I know it was, it was kind of a lonely feeling kind of thing. And, you know, across the corridor from this tank was one of those giant ecosystem tanks, you know, with sharks and jellyfish and, you know, marine life and, and reefs and all that. And then, you know, there this octopus was just kind of by him or herself. So um, I, I went over and I kind of introduced myself. And um, so I'll, we'll, 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 uh, we'll get into the conversation here then. So I asked the octopus, what would you like me to know about you? octopus replied, that I can think and feel, that places like this depress my life force and vibration. I asked, and what are you learning in this lifetime? Octopus re replied, I've wondered about that myself. It's hard to imagine that there is a purpose to this existence, but I think that I am experiencing a very reflective life. I asked, inwardly reflective, do you mean? Octopus said, yes, nothing else to do but reflect. I said, do you watch the people? Octopus replied, no, people are not interesting to me. Very few people come to the glass with a feeling of empathy. They usually comment on my size as though being big is some kind of achievement. <laughs> it's as though I'm in my own world. But I guess that's what drives me inward, inner worlds, inner journeys. That has great value, I said. Octopus replied, it does. But I need to find a context for it all. 
I am me. But in relation to what? I said, hmm. well, your past lives to creation itself? Octopus replied, yes, perhaps. I guess there really isn't any other meaningful way to look at it. I said, well, you know, in human terms, we have people who retreat from the world into lives of silence and contemplation. Octopus replied, then this would be the equivalent. Interesting, huh? Surprising? Yeah. I boy, so many different things come up for me with that. I you know, I can't help but think about how uncanny it is to be talking about that at this particular time when we've been, you know, had the experience of stay at home and, and may still have that and social distancing for some time alone and how it has made a lot of us reflective and and how interesting to think that an animal uh, would be co- cognizant of that and and use that as a time as hopefully a number of us have had to look within ourselves and, and look for meaning there. And, and we're all looking for meaning. I, I think that's fascinating. It, it does bring up another question for me, though, that I, I'd like a little more clarification on. Mm-hmm. You had very specific language that you used or that the octopus communicated with you. And how, how do you get the specific words like introspective? I mean, how, how does that come to you? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I want to say that, you know, um, I think that that telepathy works um, through quantum mechanics. I think that what is being sent and received are thought waves or particles um, that travel at a frequency that um, we have not been able to, to measure yet. I mean, heck, you know, we're still just discovering quantum particles we we have not figured out how to to measure the frequency at which they they travel yet so i personally um as just a little aside here look forward to the day when science can validate this i'm i'm very much more the practical science approach rather than the caftan turban and crystal ball <laughs> approach which <laughs> i'm caftans just are not flattering for me so um and, and for those of you who have never met lauren she she is not a caftan gal trust me <laughs> no. she's she's just a regular regular person that's right thank you yeah well that's nice to know so um Okay, so what's being sent um, really are, are, if you will, uh, thought waves. And what's, what's coming out is the intention behind the word. Let me give you an example that people can probably, um, probably relate to. So let's, let's think of a time in your life, perhaps, when someone was saying something nice to you or positive or welcoming, and you just had the feeling that they didn't mean what they were saying, or perhaps that they didn't like you. So what you were really picking up was the feeling behind the words they were saying. Or think of the time that you have walked into a room and you sensed an atmosphere. Maybe you sensed that the people in there had been quarreling or something like that. You know, we talk about reading the mood in the room. 
And so all of this picking up of emotion and feeling and intention are things that people do all the time. Now, when we do animal communication, we just send and receive this. Um, and then, so if I'm picking up the thoughts or the, and the intention from the octopus, it hits my satellite dish or my satellite receiver, if you will, and gets descrambled into a way I understand it. Uh -huh. And that works pretty much in the same way that, um, you know, um, a TV station will broadcast um, information. It'll hit your satellite dish and it'll get descrambled in your uh, box at home, and then you get a picture and sound on your TV. It's 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 sort of a sort of a similar kind of idea. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. And and we. So it is kind of a, a universal communicator in a sense that we all actually have on some level, um, or not, or oh, I yeah. think we put. I think we probably do. So I agree. I think everybody does. Absolutely. Yeah. What? So what was your takeaway from your communication with that octopus? Um, well, I think you know a couple of things. Gosh, I mean, you know, th this octopus was asking questions that human philosophers have been asking forever. You know, I am me, but in relation to what? You know, the concept of, of self in relation to something else or someone else, as the case may be, um, is something that humans think about and ask about a lot. Also, the reality, the, the, the solitude, which is what you mentioned, Bertha, you know, the solitude that you were talking about, the social distancing that we're experiencing, is something that is driving this octopus to go um, inner worlds and inner journeys, right? Looking for the answers within, framing things from within. Yeah, fascinating. So, and who knows what we're going to talk about next time, because we haven't decided yet. It might be some dog who... Uh, wants to play all the time <laughs> how do we do with that or it might be some of your communications you have some wonderful wonderful communications with um, animals you've met in the wild in Africa mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. on your various travels I'm I'm excited to to see any any last thoughts about this particular conversation Lauren well, I think, you know, if I could give a takeaway to everybody, it would be, please do bear in mind that animals are individuals, and they are capable of very complex thoughts and feelings. And that's kind of a fun thing to, to ponder on, and, and perhaps to view your own animal companions in, you know, through those eyes. What are you really thinking about in there? It's not all about treats and play. <laughs> <laughs> True. Too easy that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to Animal Wise. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll, hear, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.